Good morning, Sunrise. It's good to be here to worship with you and sing with you and sing some Christmas songs together today. Um, as we get started, we're going to start just like we did last week. We're going to um, light the Advent candles. I'd like to invite out the Jordans. They're going to get us started this morning. So this is our third week of Advent. Let's celebrate together. When God's people were surrounded by hardship, suffering, and grief, Isaiah proclaimed, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon us, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. We come today as people who are also surrounded by suffering and grief, and yet the spirit of the spirit hovers among us, tending and anointing, inspiring freedom where there is captivity, declaring blessing in places the world has cursed, and igniting fierce joy where mourning and heartache prevail. Congregation. Experience hardship and pain, yet we are called to witness to the persistent joy that sustains our life as God's people. We light these candles as signs of our shocking hope, just love, and fierce joy. May our lives shine with the fierce, tenacious joy of the light who lives in our hearts as we wait and work for the coming of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Thanks, Ben and Caitlin. Why don't you guys stand with us as we sing this morning? Israel, no. 
at these words from Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. sacrifice Christ the Messiah into our hopes into our fears the Savior of the world appears the promise of eternal years Christ the Messiah and he shall
of your love, God. And God, as we're in this Advent season looking forward to Christmas Day, I pray that you, God, that God, you would continue to reveal the wonders of your love, God, to us. May you open our eyes, open our ears to see, God, the wonders of your love all around us. As we think on your birth, Jesus the miracle that it was. God, the love that you poured out that we can't even fathom, we can't even understand. Reveal that love. Reveal the wonder of that love to us. revealed in our hearts this season that we spread that to those around us. To love, just move in this place today, God. 
your spirit move today, Jesus. God, we worship you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Why don't you guys go ahead and take a seat. announcements we probably do need to get to next week for Christmas Eve. Uh, We're going to be having a Christmas Eve service on Sunday morning, so there will be Christmas Eve elements, but here is our invitation to you. Come and worship together at 10 a.m. as normal on Christmas Eve, and then during Christmas Eve night, you can spend that as you would like. Um, We're not going to do anything in addition. If you or someone that you love uh, is interested in baptism or profession of faith, remember we have an introductory class that's coming up on the 21st of January. Please sign up for that. If you're interested in being a mentor, we definitely could could use you. So super excited about about that. And I think there was one other thing. Cora, Noah, uh, Noah, Corey, am I missing something? There was one other thing, right? Oh, yeah, right. So the offices will not be open between Christmas and, and New Year's. If you need us, you can reach us by our cell phones. You can reach one of the elders, but we're going to be, you know, traveling and in and out and things like that. Um, birthday party for Jesus. What? Oh, for... During kids' service next week, it's a birthday party for Jesus. It's going to be cookies, music, festivities. All right, Excellent. <laughs> Birthday party for Jesus, music, festivities. Um, I'm just now deciding that since that's the case, that someone else will probably be preaching next Sunday and I will be in the... No, not really. All right. Can we pray and then... I I really do want to get to to the message today. Father, we thank you for your love and we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Father, for... um, for the many gifts that make up the one body. We, we pray right now that you would be with the entire Hernandez family. We pray that you would give peace, that you would give knowledge and understanding. For We, we pray for Frank and for Patty. We pray for Daniel, but especially we pray for David right now, Lord, that you would just be with him, that you would bear him up, Father, that you would let him know how much he's loved and how much he's cared about um, by you and by this family. We thank you, Father, that we are in this Advent season and we anticipate your arrival and because you are here we have hope Lord we thank you that, that, that today well Lord it was there was a lot of excitement and, and we still pray for, for your healing hand in all of this Lord but we we thank you for your grace that you displayed we thank you for your love that we, we feel and Lord we thank you for the joy that we can have And so, Lord, even in the midst of of all of this today, we pray that you would give us joy. That we would be the kind of people that would be infectious in our interactions with others. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. My friends, it, it may seem strange or it may seem odd to, to start out this after what we've experienced over the last several minutes, but the reality is we really should be more excited. We really should be more excited to experience the joy that comes with Christ's arrival. We're going to continue on our series from the Old Testament in Leviticus chapter 25, and we're going to be looking at a few select verses um, out of this entire, entire chapter. But today, we're going to be talking about joy, about the joy that we can experience that isn't driven necessarily by circumstances, but is a settled gladness that comes because of who Christ is and what he has done in our lives. Now, I'm going to tell you something that might surprise you. Um, Actually, this probably, if it does surprise you, then it means that we've not spent more than two or three minutes together. Um, There's a dirty little secret about me, and the dirty little secret is that I'm a little bit excitable, and I'm a slightly emotional person. I enjoy being loud. I enjoy laughing. I enjoy telling jokes and being joyful. Um... I get invested and, and, and lose all sense of shame, my friends, when I'm in a festive or jovial setting. I'm what you might call um, the anti-West Michigan, West Michigan resident. 
because most of me, most of me is, is well, it's, it's very non-Dutchy in many ways. Is <laughs> that Stacy? I didn't, right? I didn't even know, but I know. See, I'm not what you call reserved or restrained. I'm a hugger. I have what, what we call a high tolerance for what others might consider to be an invasion of a personal space. At parties, I enjoy being the center of attention, and on a regular base, basis, I embarrass my family. Because they think that my behavior is weird or not funny or that it sometimes crosses some kind of invisible, invisible line that demands what is or what is not appropriate adult conduct. <laughs> they tell me all the time that I transgress some <laughs> the one time in my ministry. Amy has said amen. <laughs> and I'm not done yet. There may be two in one sermon. Or that I, from time to time, transgress some arbitrary social contract. They claim that I sometimes make people uncomfortable. <laughs> you see, I think sometimes that if Amy could change one thing about me, it would just be for me to be a little bit less that. <laughs> okay, all right, look at that. But see, here's, here's the real secret in all of this, is that I don't think I'm overly excitable. I think I'm just the right level of excitable. I, you see, you guys, you guys see it in, in, this, in this context. You see the, the emotional side, right? You see the guy who stands up and who gets, gets teary when he, he baptizes a little one. You see a, a little guy who, who gets choked up when he talks about the love of Christ or the meaning of the cross or the empty tomb. You, you see me stand with my hands in the air or holding hands with my buddy Griffin as we worship the Lord. But here's, here's the thing. If, if you spend any amount of time with me outside of these walls, you'll see that there is an excitable that goes along with the emotional. And, and this excitable, well, it comes out sometimes as um, I'm experiencing a parade. I love a parade. Um, but I especially love yelling at people that I love who are actually marching in the parade. And so since 2012, my friends, if you have been within a country mile of me during the homecoming or the Memorial Day parade here in town, you have heard some crazy wild-eyed person yelling and screaming the name of children in the marching band. I'm just the right level of excitable. <laughs> oh, wait, did I pass one? Yeah, there it is. Okay. All right. There's two. See, love, my friends, prods me toward irrational and explosive fits of celebration at sporting events, one of which was yesterday. Interestingly enough, I showed up at the West Michigan Relays yesterday, and I intended only to watch one event. Actually, I intended only to watch one swimmer, and he was sitting right up here in the front row. I showed up, sat down in the midst of a bunch of unsuspecting East Grand Rapids, Granville, and Hudsonville parents to cheer for our buddy Daniel Hernandez. And when he swam and got his state qualifying time yesterday, the big Appalachian showed exuberance and excitement. I'm not saying I was loud, but I'm saying I'm loud enough as the boy was laying on the deck after his swim. He heard some crazy man up in the stands and looked up. <laughs> and he put his goggles on the top of his head. He looked up and he gave me the nod. If I could be as cool as Daniel Hernandez one day of my life. You see, on the Sunday that we, we celebrate the joy that comes from Christ's arrival, I can't help but think, my friends, we really should be a little more excited. In Leviticus chapter 25, 
God teaches or is teaching the Israelites some very, very important lessons. Lessons that if we can come to learn them would go a long way in helping us experience overwhelming joy. Joy such as the angels announced to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2 verse 10 when they said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, Christ, the Lord. You see, joy in this context isn't just an excitement or a happiness. It's, it's not just the feeling of momentary joyousness, but it's a state of rejoicing, a settled gladness. The joy that comes through the arrival of Christ is a joy that is good news, not just for the saints, but for the world. The joy that comes with the arrival of Christ drives out fear. This joy is infectious, influencing all who experience not just it, but you and me as we experience it. Joy that is bound up and embodied in Mary's baby boy. And as we have been talking about over the last several weeks, it's not just a joy that arrived in the manger all those years ago in Bethlehem. It's a joy that's been there from the very beginning. In Leviticus chapter, chapter 25, verses, well, 2b through, through 4, the, the scriptures tell us this. When you enter the land, I'm going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. Yes, Leviticus chapter 25 is the passage that talks about the sabbatical rest, the Sabbath for the land, and the jubilee, the reset of all things in Israel on the 50th year. For six years, sow your fields, and for six years, prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Count off seven Sabbaths. We're skipping down to verse 8 here. Seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sound everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, sound the trumpet throughout your land. Celebrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and your own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the unintended vines. For it is a jubilee and it is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. Now, I know what you may be thinking. You, you may be thinking to yourself, Dennis, how, what in the world does this have to do with the joy of Christmas, the joy that Christ brings? And I don't want to overstate this in any way, but it has everything to do with it. It has everything to do with it because this 25th chapter of Leviticus tells us God's heart for his people. On this third Sunday of Advent, I want us to consider and to be reminded of a few very, very important things from this passage that can help us experience joy in this Christmas season. Because so often for us, we connect joy or happiness with well, what we do, or what we have, or what we accomplish, or what we're able to produce. But the reality is, is that joy only comes as we experience God. As Leviticus chapter 25 presents him and as Jesus manifest him. The first thing I want us to, to remember this morning, friends, is, is, is that joy comes as I discover and remember that God is my provision, not my job or my work ethic. Leviticus chapter 25 teaches us this, is that joy doesn't come 
because we work hard, because we deserve it, because we in somehow do all the things that need to be done in order to produce it. No, the reality is, is that joy comes when we discover that God is our provider, not what I do or how well I do it or hard I work at it. One of the things that I sensed the Spirit of God telling me this week was that, Dennis, don't let things that are outside of your control rob you of joy. Amen. And you know what's outside of my control? Almost everything. <laughs> Almost everything. Dennis, don't neglect your responsibilities and blame God for the outcome. See, that's the flip side of this, right? Is that nor, we should not work hard and think, oh, somehow I deserve something, but we shouldn't be a person, right? There's a French term that I can't recall that essentially talks about a man who lays about town. Right? That's what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> right? But no, God is our provider. You see, we find joy this Christmas season even when we don't have the circumstances that we want. But it's not my hard work that accomplishes my joy. Nor should I think that God is obligated to do something for me simply because, well, I'm his. God, as the perfect parent, gives us what we need. I love how in Leviticus chapter 25, all of this is tied together. You see, we see here, um, we go back, and one of the, one of the reasons that, that, that God's provision isn't tied to our accomplishments is indicated in verse 23, where it says, the land must not be sold permanently because the land is mine, the Lord says, and you reside in the land as a foreigner and a stranger. Leviticus chapter 25 reminds us on this Christmas season, my friend, that, that we don't have to work endlessly to earn God's favor. Shoo we. We don't have to work endlessly to earn God's favor. The Spirit reminded me this week that, Dennis, you don't have to give or receive that perfect gift in order to have Joy, You see, God cares about his creation. He cared so much about his creation that he told his people, give rest to the land. He told his people that inside of the community of the kingdom, there is relief for the down and out. There is forgiveness for the indebted. I was reminded this week from the Spirit of God that, that, that this, what we do as a community of faith because of the arrival of the joyous Messiah is not a transaction. We don't give God our repentance and based upon how good of a repenter we are, he gives us blessings. You see, the land was never really permanently sold because humans can't buy and sell what isn't theirs to begin with. The Israelites were never to be slaves. You see, they, they unlike many of the slaves around them in other cultures, they were paid a wage and had the ability to buy off their debt. Why? Because brothers and sisters don't bite and devour and oppress one another. <laughs> The Israelites weren't supposed to charge interest to each other. They, they were even commanded to prorate the payback of land that had to be sold in order to, to sustain life. To prorate that in light of the coming year of Jubilee. My friends, salvation was never, has never been. It wasn't in Bethlehem. It wasn't in Leviticus chapter 25. A you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours proposition. You see, we can have joy, my friends, because our worth is not attached to our accomplishments or our wealth. Hard work, sad to say, doesn't always equate to success. And a lack of success doesn't always equate to laziness or poor choices. Joy isn't built on external blessings so much as it is rooted in an internal transformation that Christ is accomplishing in us. You see, it wasn't about possessing 
property. It was about having provision. What God is communicating to the Israelites in Leviticus chapter 25 is that you matter because you're my child. What God communicates to us this morning through that same passage, through this third Sunday of Advent is we matter because we're his. The accumulation of stuff and accolades, it may matter a lot to us, but it matters very little to God. My friends, I think that God rejoices more when we live faithfully and into our potential than he does when we succeed or win according to the world's measuring tape. He doesn't compare us to those that are around us. He celebrates. That very unflattering picture of me standing in the dark green shirt, arms in the air, yelling and screaming like a mad raving lunatic was the celebration of a fifth place finish (laughs) at a conference meet. That picture of me in the light green shirt, fist in the air, clipboard aloft, surrounded by jumping young ladies was the celebration of a consolation game victory. One of the proudest moments of my life when it comes to sports as a dad was helping Caleb out of the pool the day that he swam at the conference meet and missed the state qualifying time by seven hundredths of a second. He had battled flu all week long and his coach, Coach Clement, in her, as only she can say it, when I told her that Caleb had come down with the flu and wouldn't be able to practice all that week, she looked at me and said, well, it is what it is. It is not ideal. (laughs) (laughs) You see, but it's not about, it's not about that. I... I'm reminded from Leviticus chapter 14, friends, that that sin and poor choices and bad decisions or poor circumstances, they, they don't define me because why? There's joy because of the arrival of the Messiah. That he did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And then in Leviticus chapter 25, when the Israelites fell on hard times and they had to sell their property or sell themselves out as hirelings, the reality is is that this passage tells us they were still Israelites. They were still worthy of respect and honor as image bearers of God and children of God and members of God's people. The point of Leviticus chapter 25 was don't look at those who are experiencing hardship as less than human, but you offer them dignity and we function as a community in such a way that can restore joy, bring hope. You see, oftentimes, my friends, joy comes not in being perfect, but in the strength to repent and in the courage to forgive and in the will to rebuild trust and to set good and healthy boundaries. Can I I make a personal plea here to you as your pastor? Don't let disagreements fester. Make peace with people that you love. You want to give a good gift this Christmas? Refuse to allow for your part unforgiveness and unrepentance to drive a wedge between you and the people that you love. Find joy in the fact that nothing, my friends, that you or I have done or anything that has been done to you or I can exclude us from or put us outside of God's unfailing love that is perfectly expressed in the one who comes to bring joy. And live in such a way. Live in such a way that it makes a difference in people's lives. Live in such a way that you can celebrate with your dad 
the first time he puts his feet in the Pacific Ocean. Live in such a way that you can find joy even when you get up at 5 o'clock in the morning on a freezing May morning and drag your daughter out of bed to save seats at a graduation ceremony. (laughs) For many years, Amy and I have have had a message to our bonus kids. People that, um, that have been a part of our lives. These aren't kids. These are... That's Mike and Harry. (laughs) Live in such a way that you you have friends that are like family and family that are your friends. For years, Amy and I have had a message to to our our bonus kids, the people that we love, and and, and that message is this. I remember the last time that I, I looked a teenager in the eye and I said this was last spring. After a disappointing loss in the regional tournament. But I looked her dead in the eye and I said, you need to remember that as long as I'm alive and have a roof over my head, you have a home and you have a family. And my friends, I I think that's kind of the point of today. I think that's kind of the point of today is that I guess this message, it's not so much about land or slavery or crop rotation or creation care or canceled debt. It's about family. And it's not just about the ones that you're born into, but it's also about the ones that you choose or the ones that choose you. You see, Leviticus chapter 25 is God's instruction to his children regarding how they're to love each other in a tangible way. It's about the kingdom ethic that permeates the hopeful reality of living in a society where systematic poverty and servitude do not exist. It's about God declaring something very similar to his children that I've said to our bonus kids for all of these years. It's about him declaring to you and me that as long as as I am your God, you'll have a place, you'll have a family, and you'll have a purpose. So friends, this morning, as the worship team comes, I'm, I please understand, I am not saying that you need to be more like me. Let's be honest, one of me is more than enough to deal with in this community. (laughs) What I am saying is that when joy bubbles up, don't press it down because we have a lot to be thankful for. Because no matter the situation and the circumstances, Leviticus chapter 25 reminds us that God has our back. He is our provider. Is that we're reminded that we don't have to work endlessly to earn his favor, but that his grace perfectly expressed through the Messiah is extravagant and salvation is free. It tells us that, that our worth is not attached to our accomplishments or our wealth. Remember on this third day that we celebrate joy, that you are loved and celebrated because you're his. And go away from here knowing and understanding that Sin and poor choices and bad decisions and poor circumstances, they don't need to define you. That's the beauty of repentance is repentance isn't feeling sorry, but it's turning around and heading in the direction of Jesus. Given all of this, my friends, today, we should really really be more excited. The picture before this was a picture of, of the wedding, and, and I've got to say that was one of the, the toughest days to experience joy in, great joy followed by great sorrow, but the reality is this, 
God has been able to communicate a few things to me over the last several weeks. And one of the things that I find joy in is that mom's last day was her best day. Maybe. Maybe the thing that we can remember from Leviticus chapter 25, from from the third Sunday of Advent of 2023, is live every day so that if it's your last day, it can be your best day. A song together to close the service, and uh, we'll also use this time um, to worship God through our giving our tithes and offerings. So boxes are in the back. Um, the uh, QR code, you guys know, online, all the ways to give. So um, if you call Sunrise at home, let's um, let's bless God with what He's blessed us with, and let's sing this last song. Is He worthy? <laughs> Is it good that we remind ourselves of this? Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah Conquered the grave. This David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of a blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? Does the Father truly love us? Does the Spirit move among us? And does Jesus, our Messiah, hold forever those He loves? Does our God intend to dwell among us? Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave from every people and the sun is he worthy is he worthy of a blessing and honor and glory is he worthy is he worthy is he worthy of this 
So this morning we have looked at a passage that communicates how in a very particular context and time and space that God designed a system in which his family treated one another the way he wanted them to. Today, my friends, we're reminded that our Heavenly Father, I want you to get this, He looks over the rails of heaven with as much delight and exuberance and love as any earthly father watches their child with. And so because we are His, Let his love produce joy that drives out fear. Live in such a way that your joy is infectious to others. And embody the good news of Jesus in such a way that it does indeed bring great joy to all who hear. So receive the word to the angels this morning. Do not be afraid. I bring you good good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Go in his peace.